The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Welcome back to another episode of the State House Takeout. We're around one and a half weeks from Election Day, and around one quarter of registered voters in Massachusetts have already cast their ballots. 2020 is a different year in so many ways, and one of our first takeout guests since our pandemic hiatus succinctly put it that 2020 is a weird year. (laughs) And one of the effects of COVID-19 here in the Bay State has been a change in how many people vote in our elections, which means a change in the timeline of elections and a change in the workload for local officials. Around half of the registered voters in Lexington have already voted, and that's around 11,000 ballots cast from a town with around 22,000 registered voters. Now, Lexington's on the high side. Secretary Galvin told us this month that that town had the largest volume of mail-in ballot requests in Massachusetts. Boston, as of this week, has around 15% voter turnout. Worcester, around 22%. We want to hear how it's going for the local clerks tasked with running our elections at the municipal level. What's different, what the challenges are. We're seeing drop boxes, changes to polling locations thus far. Our guests this week are the town clerk of Easton, Danielle Sicard, and Northborough's town clerk, Andy Dowd. Both are members of the Massachusetts Town Clerks Association. Our moderator, is the one and only Matt Murphy of the State House News Service. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, as Sam mentioned, we are now 12 days out from Election Day in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of the state's first foray into widespread mail-in voting. So I first want to thank both of you for taking the time out of what I'm sure is a very busy schedule these days to help us get a feel and an understanding of what is happening on the ground with voting in this historic election, and perhaps more importantly, what to expect on Election Day. As we talk today, more than a quarter of Massachusetts registered voters have already cast their ballot. That's 35% of the total turnout that the state saw in 2016. And Secretary of State William Galvin is predicting record turnout, which would mean more than 3.375 million ballots uh, being cast uh, this cycle. And as of Wednesday afternoon, more than 2 million voters of the state's 4.6 million registered voters had applied to vote by mail or already voted early. So my first question for the two of you is pretty simple. How's it going so far? It's going uh, It's going well, uh, certainly keeping us extremely busy. Um, I would echo that. Um, I think that might be a, a little bit of an understatement on how busy we are in the clerk world right now. But um, we do uh, enjoy seeing, the, you know, the voters in this process. Ms. Sicard, in Easton, 49% of your 17,430 registered voters have either applied for a mail-in ballot or voted early in person already through Wednesday. And our understanding from the Secretary's office is that you've already received almost 5,500 ballots back in the mail. That's greater than 31% turnout in your town already. 
how is your office in a town the size of Easton processing all of that, handling that? Have you had to bring on additional staff? What does this look like in a town clerk's office on a day-to-day basis? Well, sure. Um, I most definitely have had to bring in additional staff to make this happen. Um, I'm looking at it in different buckets. I have what I call an advanced mailing house. Those are the people who are helping us put these packets together and send out mailings every day to um, fulfill those requests. And I have an early voting in-person team that comes in and and does the check-in, the check-out, and all of the things associated with um, early voting in-person, including, you know, making sure that we are, you know, screening voters and talking to them and making sure social social distancing protocols are are being managed and cleaning and sanitation things. So I have a team that's involved in my early uh, voting in person. And um, starting on Sunday, we'll have a third team of people who will be our advanced um, processing as we begin the the process of opening and and, um, putting these ballots through tabulators in advance of election day, which was part of this legislation. And then the fourth bucket of um, people, which some will overlap, are our election day staff. And so I've really kind of micromanaged it in that way and saying, here's my advanced mailing house. Here's uh, my EV in person area. Here's my advanced um, processing. And each of them are in different areas of our town hall. We, um, the elections has pretty much taken over most of the, these any, or any uh, space that we have that's available in our town hall. Now, Mr. Sicardin, Northboro, we've seen similar numbers. 49% of, of registered voters have requested mail-in ballots or voted early, turnout so far over 32%. Uh, I'm curious, as uh, we move from this early voting period and the mail-in period, uh, have you been surprised by the popularity of these voting options? And and what do you think it means for election day itself uh, when people have grown accustomed to showing up to the polls? Well, in most cases, I was not surprised because we did have the experience um, both on the September 1st primary and our in, at our municipal elections back in the spring, where uh, mail-in voting was a uh, was an option and heavily um, promoted and utilized. Um, so based on the turnout at the primary, we knew that, you know, folks were going to definitely be requesting ballots um, for the November election. In fact, most of them were able to make that request on one single request form. So we already knew the request was there and we could prepare for it, um, which certainly uh, helped in the planning. Um, as uh, Danielle just mentioned, um, like they're doing in Easton, you know, we have uh, teams of volunteers, folks coming in. Um, to help us um, get all those um, ballots mailed out. And now um, during the same period, um, also run our early voting um, center, which, you know, runs for the two two full weeks. Um, so it's a lot to manage in one, um, you know, in one at one time. Now, the turnout we've seen in towns like Easton, Northboro, other smaller communities has been relatively high so far uh, since early voting uh, and mail-in ballots started of landing in people's doorsteps, but we haven't seen the same participation rates in some of the larger cities like Boston, like Lowell, Everett, uh, Lynn, some of them in the low double digits, some as uh, 20%, but not the 30, 40% we're seeing in, in some of the more suburban and rural communities. Why do you think that is? Do you think that m- more c- people in these communities will just show up uh, on election day as they normally would at the polls? And, and how are you preparing for that? Uh, 
I would, um, my assumption is that um, many folks in those other communities that you mentioned um, may um, feel more comfortable um, voting in a traditional manner as they've done in the past on election day. So obviously those cities are going to have to prepare for a higher volume of in-person voting on the one single day where ours is spread out um, between the mail-ins, the early voting um, in person, and then of course on election day. Um, so it, it certainly would uh, would make for a different uh, different experience on that day, and they'll have to prepare for uh, you know a, a larger surge of, uh, of voters. Has the association had to do more outreach, more education in in some of these urban areas uh, to uh, inform voters about what their options are, or uh, that uh, their traditional polling places will be safe on election day? Absolutely. Um, I don't know that we've done it globally as an association. Um, we certainly share materials on our listserv. Um, I have put together a voter option guide that I know other communities are using that really outlines um, frequently asked questions in every part of the three different options that voters have. We've done a, a pretty big marketing campaign with social media to um, make sure that voters understand that really the success out of um, the success that they're going to get out of this election really is derived from their planning and what works best for them. Um, and so is vote by mail the real option for you? Is voting in person early the option for you? Or is voting on election day the option for you? And, and most of these guides talk a little bit too about our safety protocols and um, sanitation type of approaches. And um, we feel really comfortable. I think all of the clerks feel really comfortable that we've, we've done a really good job in making sure that both our early voting sites and our election day sites are um, very safe for our voters and for our workers. But the, the success is really gonna be dependent on exactly what you just said, people understanding those voter option guides. Um, I know one of the things that we're experiencing here, and I, I'm, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn for Andy and other clerks, is we are finding that um, voters have requested a vote by mail uh, ballot, but they're also coming in droves to vote early in person. And so I think that you know, in a pandemic, most of them were feeling like they wanted to have the option of having that ballot in the event that they got sick or that we had a second um, uh, wave and that it didn't feel safe to go so that they applied for that. But um, as of yesterday, I had over 200 who had already received a ballot but had come to um, vote in person. So those numbers are a little, a little off um, in the percentages because they are also um, coming to, to vote in person. Sure, okay. Well, you mentioned, um, and, and Mr. Sicard, you also mentioned uh, some of the uh, experience of the primary and the municipal elections and how that uh, has prepared you a bit for this uh, general election when the volume is certainly uh, much larger. And um, in that uh, primary, we saw some communities, including Newton, Wellesley, and especially in Franklin, had some difficulties getting late arriving mail ballots to the polling locations to be counted on time. It, it delayed some results, particularly in the 4th Congressional District. Uh, some of that has been alleviated this time around, we know, because ballots can be counted up until Friday uh, if they are still arriving. But what, if anything, have you learned from uh, the primary uh, and the municipal election experiences with mail-in voting uh, that will potentially make uh, this a smoother process in the November general? I think that um, first and foremost, the primary was the first time that we were dealing with a vast number of changes to the legislation. First time dealing with this kind of volume, first time dealing with 
notes use um, vote by mail, and I can go on and on and on with the things that have changed, advanced processing abilities. Um, the first time you do anything like that, it takes a little bit of time to get into a groove and kind of figure out what system is going to work the best for your community based on the volume that you have and the people that you have and the space that you have. And so I, I'd say for me moving into this election, although the volume is overwhelming and very time consuming, I feel like I, I have a little bit better of a grasp on it um, as we, and I'd say my team probably feels the same way because we kind of have one under our belt. We know what works, we know what doesn't work. And, um, you know, we, we're kind of a more well-oiled machine, I guess. Um, so I think that that's really, really um, been the biggest part for us um, that's been helpful in moving forward and, and making sure that this one is smooth. And I could, you know, echo those um, comments from, uh, you know, Danielle. We definitely learned from um, the experience at the primary, which which is was in many ways and all new to us. Um, it, and as we we knew then, and we we learned further, um, you know, just being extremely well organized and and on top of where you know everything is, everything's being stored. You know, just simple things like labeling and, and knowing where things belong, um, you know, getting yourself set up ahead of time, knowing that we were going to have, you know, that be inundated with the requests and the ballots. Um, and we've been fortunate in some ways that because our buildings in many cases are still closed to the public, I know we are in Northboro and I believe Easton is as well, um, we've been able to spread out within the building because we're not having the in-person meetings that typically take up conference room space and other other areas. I know I just uh, saw the city of Worcester has uh, literally taking over the, taken over the whole city hall in the same manner. Um, so that's been a benefit, um, even though we're, we're we're challenged with uh, with uh, the pandemic. Um, there's some um, there's some parts of it that have been helpful, um, given that we have the extra space available um, in our buildings. Now, Franklin on primary night probably had the nightmare scenario. They had thousands of ballots that were uh, left in boxes uncounted. It required an audit by the Secretary of State's office, and not suggesting that that's going to happen in any of your communities this time around. But I am wondering, when you go to bed, probably late at night these days, what is your nightmare scenario for November 3rd? Do you have a big fear going into Election Day about what could go wrong? Yeah, just, um, you know, certainly uh, I think any any good manager is worried um, when there's a big event coming. Um, and we're, we're managing large events each day for several weeks here leading up to the, you know, the huge event on November 3rd. Um, you know, certainly we worry, but I think, you know, we have appropriate planning in place. You know, we have appropriate staff in place. Um, we're doing a lot more um, as far as logistics go with, you know, using our, our health agents and um, other folks that can help set up our buildings, uh, polling places in a way um, to make it safer um, for folks that choose to come in, vote in person there. So I think I'll, I'll sleep for a few hours uh, that night knowing that the, the plan is in place and, uh, and we're prepared. Um, and that's always um, important as far as in any, you know, major um, major event that you're planning is the preparation. And we certainly spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, I, I will echo what Andy is saying. Um, early voting in person, we've said this um, multiple times, is like a mini election every single day. There are accounts before you can open, there are accounts afterwards. 
Um, and you're, you know, there's reconciling that has to be done every single day associated with the people that are voting. And so it's a mini election for 14 days straight before our really big election. Um, and that, um, you can, you can lose sleep over that for multiple reasons. Um, it, one, just because the sheer, uh, activity that you have all day, um, makes you still feel like you're running later on at night. But for me, um, I wake up every day around 2.30 in the morning and I just start running checklists in my head of the things that I need to do the next day. And um, we, I think the clerks in general are pretty organized. We spend a lot of time writing checklists. Um, but as Andy indicated, in this particular scenario, we're being asked to do four different events at the same time instead of isolating one at a time. And um, I think my fear is, what am I missing? What am I going to forget? And so generally between 2.30 uh, and 4.30 every morning is my checklist time and writing out some things. And if I'm lucky, I go back to sleep for a few hours. And um, all the clerks are, are really working hard every day. I would say if any of us have less than a 10-hour day at all, that's a great day for us. It's usually 10 to 14 hours right now. Wow. Um, well, you know, uh, we hear a lot, especially in the national conversation uh, and uh, from a lot of Republicans, uh, including uh, President Trump himself, about the potential for voter fraud uh, with the expansion of mail-in voting. I'm curious in your uh, now limited experience uh, dealing with widespread mail-in balloting, uh, have you noticed any glaring holes in the system set up here in Massachusetts? Uh, have you seen any examples of fraud? Is there anything uh, anybody should be worried about as we uh, move into this uh, important election day? I personally um, don't see, uh, Massachusetts traditionally has not had problems with voter fraud. I'm not saying that globally and nationally that there's, you know, hasn't been issues and obviously in the media there has over the years, but traditionally in Massachusetts that has not been um, the case. And I would say that, you know, considering what we're doing, I have not really seen anything that concerns me from a voter fraud standpoint. However, a lot of the changes can be confusing um, to voters that inadvertently could create some issues for a voter. And one example of that would be the change in the voter registration deadline that was moved from a 20-day to a 10-day. Um, a voter doesn't quite understand, and, and this is true, um, I think you've seen, I've seen it on social media and other places that people are dropping their ballots off in any drop box versus a drop box in their community that's to go to the clerk that will actually count their ballot. So there's voter confusion is that if I move, that that same ballot that I already requested for my community is going to follow them and be counted, and that's just not the case. Um, and so that, you know, uh, uh, the intent to give people more time to uh, register to vote um, was clearly a good attempt. However, if somebody does move this Saturday and they've already voted somewhere else, and now they have a very short window to request a new vote-by-mail ballot to get it back. Um, and so, you know, the, that's one of the things I work hard in communicating with people, um, uh, but it's, it's a hard thing. that not voter fraud, but certainly I think a loophole, as you you know stated, that, that could cause some voter confusion. That's very interesting. What what does happen in that case if if a, a voter drops off their ballot at another town's uh, drop box? Does it get uh, thrown out? Does the voter get notified? Do, do the clerks uh, share those ballots? Well, we'll simply put it in our mailbox so that it goes out to the right place because it is addressed to the right place. The person is simply dropping it off at the wrong drop box. 
Um, but again, you know, time is will be of the essence here. And that whole statement I said earlier in regards to planning early and voters' success really counting on them taking the time to understand what the options are and plan. What about you, Andy? Have you seen any examples of fraud as, as you've tried to process all these ballots coming in or any concerns? I have not. Um, as Danielle said, um, you know, I think in the history in Massachusetts, um, we don't have issues with uh, voter fraud. And part of the reason for that is because we have a really um, good statewide um, system, a database that we're all plugged into. Um, you know, your voter registration um, is connected to your community. And if you should move within the state, um, it follows you there. Um, and we utilize that system to check in all these requests for ballots um, and to indicate they've been mailed out, to indicate they've been received back. And the um, the state uh, secretary's, uh, Secretary Galvin's website has a great feature on it um, where you can track your ballot. So, you know, uh, voters can go on there easily, just put in their um, information, name and address, and verify that we've not only received their request, they can verify the date the ballot was mailed to them. And then when they return it, they can see that we've received the ballot back. So I really think that does a lot, um, goes a long way to give people, you know, a sense of confidence that the, the system in place um, does work well. One thing that's happening simultaneously as uh, people are voting, uh, as we're now a week and a half out, uh, the state is experiencing a rise in COVID-19 cases. The uh, pandemic seems to be worsening a bit uh, in, in some communities more than others. Uh, but we did hear uh, early on uh, this year and in this election cycle concerns about uh, being able to hire enough poll workers, getting enough volunteers. Uh, what has your experience been in, in recruiting volunteers and poll workers and has the rise in cases impacted that, that as you get closer to the day? Are, are people backing out and is this going to be a problem for you? Our experience, at least in Northborough, and I think it's been that the case statewide, is that we've actually been um, inundated with folks uh, reaching out, um, asking if we we need help, if we need more more workers, because obviously that's gotten a lot of uh, you know coverage in the news. Um, and as far as our existing staff, um, you know, some of them are um, elderly folks. I know that's the typical. Um, demographic of an election worker. But uh, in general, um, you know, a few have indicated for health and safety reasons they don't feel comfortable working, but most of them are very dedicated and they know that we have good protocols in place um, and they're and they're willing, um, you know, to still work. They're masked. They're usually behind a plexiglass shield. Um, you know, everything's being sanitized frequently. You know, gloves are available. Um, so it, that really has not been an issue. Honestly, I think one of our biggest challenges has been trying to respond to the uh, the folks that so kindly, um, you know, reached out looking to see if we need help. Um, we're really, really almost overwhelmed with, uh, with emails. Um, so that's it's not a bad problem to have. Yeah, I completely agree with, with everything that Andy's saying. About 50% of my workers in Easton answered the call saying, yes, I'm willing to come back and I can and um, I'll be there for that day. And, and I also was inundated um, with additional people, which has been fantastic. It has been overwhelming keeping up with, with that in addition to everything else. But um, I'm pretty sure that most clerks have their... Uh, their um, panel of staff ready to go and have a, a slate of backup um, based on, on all these people who have applied. Another question that I get a lot uh, when people ask me about the election, uh, and I mentioned the, the wrinkle in this general election 
uh, with ballots uh, allowed to be counted up until Friday, I think at 5 uh, p.m. November, yeah, on November 6th. Uh, what does that mean for election night? Will we know the results? Will you know the answers? I know another thing going into this is uh, the fact that I believe you cannot actually uh, process or count the mail-in ballots until uh, the polls close. So uh, what are you expecting on election night? Is it going to be a late night? And uh, will you know who won in your town uh, by midnight? So um, we always put out unofficial election results, and they're always called unofficial election results because we won't be able to um, produce information on write-ins at that stage of the game. But this is actually a very interesting year. Um, normally, a presidential election year is about a 21-hour day for, for me. Um, this is my third or fourth presidential election, and it's typically about 21 hours. I'm hoping that we're not going to get more than that this year, and it will still be just a 21-hour day. But um, the, the differences for this particular election, as, as you pointed out, is that these um, vote-by-mail ballots still have a few days after that. So generally speaking, we can't. Um, do our results until official result results for 10 days post-election, normally for the overseas ballots. So the official results still won't come out until around that time. But between the 9th, I believe the week of the 9th, each um, clerk will have to count those ballots that come in either on election day or after election day that still qualify. Um, I guess that it depends on the volume, right? What's that volume? Um, is it is and how close the races were? Um, so traditionally, we don't have official results that early. The time frame for that hasn't changed, but certainly the volume that could still come in um, could make a difference for us. But unofficial results, it sounds like you will be putting those out on election night as you normally would, and you think you'll be able to process the mail-in ballots to be, to be able to do that? Absolutely. I'm sure, I know in my case, our town, we start on Sunday, and every single day we'll begin the processing of these um, returns. We just can't print the results until election night. See, so you can actually start counting them on uh, the Sunday before the election. Uh, two Sundays before. So the day at the the day of the twenty fifth, the day after voter registration deadline, is the first date that communities can actually begin the process of opening these ballots and and running them through tabulators. Um, no results are available. For, for what's happening with that. We're just getting a jump start so that we, you know, don't find ourselves in a situation on election day where we're, you know, there for many more hours trying to tackle these votes. I see. I see. It certainly does um, create an interesting um, scenario, um, but I, I would agree with what Danielle said, first of all, that we always um, release our unofficial results on elect election night. Um, and my assumption is, is it will have the bulk of the um, votes counted um, by the time the polls close um, between our uh, mailed-in um, ballots, which have been pre-processed, -po pre pre-deposited, and those folks that vote on election day. Um, so we really have three sets of totals, um, those that were received ahead of time and process those folks that vote on election day and then the remaining that have come in um, 
after the 3rd, but postmarked on the 3rd and received by 5 p.m. on that Friday, the 6th. Um, so it certainly does create a unique and it's a first time um, scenario for us where we're probably going to have a, a somewhat significant number of additions to our unofficial totals, where typically the numbers added would be quite small um, based on some emailed returns from folks that are out of the country or in the military, um, things like that that get um, that get added after the uh, polls close on election night. Okay. Well, my last question for you, uh, and maybe putting you on the spot a bit, but uh, the legislature uh, authorized these new uh, voting uh, structures uh, for this year. Hopefully, uh, the pandemic won't be with us the next time uh, the election rolls around. But there's, I'm sure, going to be a lot of debate after this is all over about whether or not these reforms should be here to stay. So uh, maybe uh, we should talk after the election. But I'm curious now, before, as we move into this, uh, do you think this should be the new norm uh, for voting in Massachusetts? Or do you think the old system worked just fine the way it was? I think it will be the new norm in some um, in some manner. Um, you know, people are quickly becoming accustomed to the convenience of being to being able to vote by mail um, if they're comfortable doing so. Um, things like the convenience of you know dropping their um, voted ballot in the um, in the drop boxes at, in their city or town um, hall. Um, so I think we're going to see that um, going forward. Um, I can't imagine going back completely to the way it used to be. Um, and I think that's okay. We just have to. It's really going to create a new, um, a new way of managing elections, and certainly um, a continuous amount of additional work for our offices. It's really, um, you know, it's it's almost creating a new. Um, a new a new position or a new office in your building where typically elections have always been part of the city or town clerk's duties in most communities um, and now it's becoming a, a gigantic piece um, that, and that doesn't seem to be um, to be changing or would would change going forward yeah um, I think we have to remember that this legislation was emergency legislation on how to vote during a pandemic and so I agree with Andy that, you know, people become accustomed and they like certain things, but, you know, this legislation was put forth for that purpose. Now, I believe that reform is necessary and it should happen And the conversations post-election really do need to happen. A lot of things um, that were changed are really great. Um, some other things are great. Uh, I think Massachusetts did a great job putting together legislation for an emergency situation, but um, our voter registration system, um, and the workload is just not sustainable. Um, something is going to have to change. Um, Andy alluded to some some ways of maybe having another division in, in towns, but um, I think we have to look at piece by piece. Some things are easy and make sense um, and fit the old way. And um, if we wanna to move towards a vote by mail, we need to look at other states that um, have those system as their primary system and, and, and really make the changes to our voter registration system um, and our legislation you know, a complete reform in order to make sure we're doing that the same way. Our, you know, our checks and balances in Massachusetts with inactive voters is, is phenomenal and works great in the old way. It doesn't always mirror and match um, what we're trying to do now. So um, I think that the, you know, reform is necessary, but keeping in mind that what we're doing and, and what is not sustainable and it's really emergency legislation that needs to be looked at and we need to pick and choose the things that, that are going to make sense moving forward for both voters and for the administration of elections. 
Okay, well, we will leave it there. Again, I want to thank you uh, both for joining us and talking through uh, what has been a exceptional year uh, for a variety of reasons, but certainly for you guys uh, trying to work through uh, what is a uh, election that will go down in history for a lot of different uh, reasons. And I wish you both uh, luck uh, with the rest of early voting on election day, and hopefully you two can get some sleep. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you very much to you, Matt Murphy, and to Danielle Sicard, town clerk of Easton, Massachusetts, and Andy Dowd, the town clerk of Northborough. And uh, a final reminder to listeners of The Takeout that this Saturday, October 24th, is the final day to register to vote or update your registration ahead of the November 3rd election. Thanks very much, folks. Have a great week. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.